Welcome to the Modern Woodworkers Association, a podcast about woodworking from folk who woodwork. Woodworking is what we do, who we are, and what we like to talk about. So join us as we have a drink, sit around, and talk woodworking. Hi, and welcome to the 248th episode of the Modern Woodworkers Association podcast. I'm Kyle Barton. I'm here with Diami Plotke, and we're still at Fine Woodworking Live. So, Diami, who do we have up next? We have Brian Bez- Brazil, mm-hmm. and I will let you introduce David, David. Dial. You reminded me to think French. Think French. Yeah. So, uh, so how are y'all good guys doing? Doing great. Doing great. Yeah. 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 So we're still here. It's uh, Friday night. Um, they've had their kickoff events, and um, right now we're just sitting down and and uh, seeing uh, one. Why y'all uh, came to Fun Woodworking Live? So, Brian, why you? What's the primary reason that you came this year? I was told there was beer. Okay. Um, <laughs> actually, Ben Strano's first words to me were, "So I hear you have beer." I did show him uh, that picture. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. You so, did bring some of your homebrew, didn't you? I did. I did. I brought. Uh, I thought it'd be thematic. Um, I had a choice between uh, rosemary IPA, which I. Thought would be a popular option with Yami. And uh, German Rausch beer, which is uh, smoked over uh, cherry wood. Okay. So I thought that was kind of thematic. And I had more of it, so <laughs> we're going with that. There you go, there you go. And do you have any with you here? Uh, not with me here now, but in my room. That doesn't do us a lot of good right now. We can fix that. Okay. As, as soon as I have to stop talking. <laughs> Pretty empty. So, uh, so, David, what brought you to Fun Woodworking Live? It was, it was uh, just really all the people that were here. You know, it's all the, you know, it's really all the people that are here. It's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the presenters and, you know, the chair makers and Pete Galbert and Chris Schwartz. And, now, now, is this your uh, first, second? It's my first. First time here? Yep. Well, great. Well, for those of y'all that don't know David or follow him on Instagram, David's a fantastic uh, chair maker as well as an instructor. And uh, you are teaching classes, both Windsor's and uh, Brian Boggs' chair, correct? Yeah, Yeah, and I do some traditional ladder backs, too. Yep. Is the Boggs not considered a traditional ladder ladder back? No, it's it's more of a contemporary version. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's really Brian's Brian's design that he's evolved over years. It's it's really quite contemporary. It's quite nice. Mm-hmm. Really, a lot of flair. You you wouldn't really relate it to a shaker chair at all. Okay, so when you say traditionally, you think it's more of a shaker New England. Yeah, ch- okay. yeah. more like what Bexford does in the traditional yeah. shaker style. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Does it have any now? Uh, Jenny Alexander's chair. Does it have any commonality with that? The um, you know, a little bit. There's, there's yeah. uh, the back legs have a lot more bend and a lot more flair than right. Jenny's than Jenny's chairs do. You know, it's a lot more complex to build, mm-hmm. complex angles and things. So, it's, uh, it's now, a really now, interesting chair. Now, I understand that that chair involves a lot of jigs and uh, and uh, things of that nature to get the bends exactly correct and all of that. So, when you walk away from that class, do you walk away with the knowledge on how to build those jigs? Yeah, you walk yeah. away with a chair, and then you walk away with knowledge how to either build the jigs or you can buy a jig set. Oh, really? But, uh, yeah, you okay. can you know, walk away with the patterns and build yeah. your own jigs. From what I've seen, there's like a 
a complete manual. Manual yeah, Jeff, that goes. Jeff yeah. Lefkowitz's manual. He wrote it for uh, for Brian's classes, and it's just incredibly detailed. And uh, you can walk away and pretty much, you know, and most of the students do. They walk away and build multiple chairs after that. Okay. Yeah. Now, where do, you, where do you teach those classes? In my in my shop. So I have a shop in Northwest Connecticut. Okay. And um, take three students at a time. And how, um, how long do, how long do the classes go? At? What does it take? Seven days. Seven days. Okay. Yeah, but you go through you your steam bending, your carving, your splitting out, your you know cutting out pieces from slabs. You're mm-hmm. doing everything. You're weaving a hickory bark seat. Oh wow! So in the end, so it's a, it's a completed chair when you walk out the door. That's great. Yeah. So um, with that chair, do you finish it before you weave the bark, or not is in class? Not in class. No, okay. When I, when I build them, I finish before I weave. Okay. It's just far easier to right to work on, but. No. <laughs> Yeah, so in, so in class, you can learn how to weave, or you can weave your chair, and then... Yeah, you learn how to weave, and uh, okay. we, do it all, we do it all right there. Okay, fantastic. What got you into uh, into those types of chairs? I, I had uh, the Brian Boggs chairs, really. I, I've been building chairs, I guess, for almost 20 years. But the um, I was having trouble with my winters, and the, uh, I was having some joint failures. And uh, I was running around with a bunch of the green Whitterton guys trying to figure out how to do and I couldn't get in front of them. Everybody was like, book solid. And I finally got in front of Jeff, and he goes, I'm book solid too. But two weeks later, he had an opening, and I went down, and and uh, he really teaches good green woodworking joinery. Okay. And uh, since then, I've, I've changed all my joinery, all my winter chairs, everything over to, uh, to how Jeff taught me yeah. how to do it. Now, you're also doing a turning uh, video series for fine yep, woodworking. Yeah, we just completed a uh, – we, we shot back this winter. And it's a really a beginner series on how to use some of the basic tools. So it's on fine woodworking uh, for the members. Okay. So mm-hmm. it's in there, and they, they broke it down into a series of short videos. So here's how you sharpen. Here's how you use a roughing couch. Here's how you use a skew. So I think there's a couple would more it, that are coming out. If somebody's never used a lathe, is it where you would start and to yeah. prep the yeah. tools and then then yeah. use them? Yeah, and I think I've already mentioned this this to you, David. But one of the things I took away that I thought was fundamental was he actually mentions what speed he turns at for each technique, which a lot of um, videos that I've seen, especially the YouTube-type variety videos that you see on turning, you know, they might show you some techniques, but they never say, hey, I'm turning at this particular speed for this particular technique. And I think that is absolutely key because I chased my tail for months uh, because I was simply turning at the wrong speed. I say this as a non-turner. I'm assuming speed comes down to both the size of the piece, the diameter of the piece, and the technique you're using. Is It's a combination of everything, or is it as simple as if you're using this type of tool, you, it's at this speed no matter what you're doing? I mean, yeah, it, I tend to slow everything down when I'm using the skew chisel. Okay. I think you just have a lot more control. That took me actually years to figure out how to do that. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I'll, I'll turn it up when the, uh, you know, when I'm using the other tools just for, for speed and you know, you can cut a lot faster and stuff, but come that back down to the scooches. I just slow it right down. It's your last thing you do. It's a finished cut. You don't need any sandpaper after that. Mm-hmm. Do you do turnings um, like single pieces, bowls, and vessels like that, or is it all, it's turnings for furniture? Yeah, 99% of what I do is turnings for furniture. Okay. Uh, chair legs mostly and posts and stuff. I have a general idea of the turning that's necessary for a Windsor. 
is there a lot of turning involved in the ladder back, or is it all just split and like spoke shaved? It, dep- or, it depends. Um, so the bogs ladder backs, there's just a little bit, and it's really you do it because of production. So okay, you're, you're doing your front legs, but mm-hmm. your back legs because they have a compound bend to them. You're really bending them square so you can keep the, the keep everything in the right plane, yeah. and then you have to hand shape it. Okay, you know, but your traditional shaker chairs were all turned. Right, right, right. Yep. Now, with the uh, with the box style, does that lead to um, an asymmetry between the front and rear legs? Because I'm assuming you can't hand shape to the same um, the same uni- uniformity that you get with those front turned legs. Yeah, you can, yeah you can. You're you're turning to a you're turning to a set diameter on both of them, and they're both tapered. So they have they have uh, the bottoms of the legs on all four legs are tapered. Okay. And then it's uh, the tops of the back legs are tapered as well. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. You know, but the middle section is round and it's the same diameter as the front legs. And you do that by hand. Okay. Okay. So, uh, Brian, so what are you working on these days? Not a whole lot, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I finished up the bookshelf that I was working on last time I talked to you guys. Oh. Um, that's... Now entirely full of board games. Yes, um, I saw that. You posted that, yeah. Yeah, I have a bit of a problem. With board games. Yeah, well, with many things, but amongst <laughs> the board games. Yeah. <laughs> um, and now I've, I, I got uh, Mike Pekovich's book uh, for Christmas and got kind of absorbed into the Pecosphere. <laughs> I think we need to continue to use that term. Yeah. The Pecosphere. I so, like that. <laughs> Tiami's actually writing that down now. Exactly. That's perfect. The pecosphere. It's um, gotta be hyphenated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and italicized. Yeah. And for um, some reason Diami's taking full credit for the uh <laughs> TM TM TM. <laughs> um, so so I've been working on uh basically like a what I'm calling a valet. Um Okay. So so like a traditional valet is like a a tray that you have on your dresser that you put stuff in at the end of the day. Um, but this is like, I was looking at my dresser. I have like a low boy for a dresser and it's cause you're short. Yeah. That's all I can reach. Um, <laughs> so, but I'm looking at it and I have like all the things that a bachelor requires. I have the, uh, the spray that is basically like cold iron spray. They call it. It's like, it takes out wrinkles and Febreze, great for bachelors. I actually want to make a product that's Febreze and the cold iron spray together. <laughs> this is called Bachelor Spray. You just spray it on, <laughs> then you smell good, and you're wrinkle-free. It's perfect. That's uh, what I look for in a man. <laughs> We're not going to talk about that. That's a whole different podcast. Um, but I wanted something nice to put all – I had all that crap sitting on my – dresser and I wanted to put mm-hmm. it into something nice so I thought why don't I make something that's walnut with through dovetails and through tenons um, they won't be and proud though so don't tell Mike <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh so it's just a peco it's not the, qu- it's not the full peco sphere <laughs> well so so David are you working on do you work on anything for uh, yourself your family uh, I'm, I'm renovating an old house. It's okay. a constant, constant battle, but uh, otherwise the shop's been keeping me busy lately. Oh. So, 
So okay. all, all good. We've got a couple of uh, curly maple continuous arm Windsors I'm working on. Oh, cool. So that'll be pretty cool. Oh, that, that'll be yeah, nice. It'll be a tough uh, tough seat carve on that, I'm sure. Oh, seat's yeah, I remember you posting about yeah. that, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we just bent up the arms last week. Could so I be a heretic and suggest you power carve the seat? Uh, I think I may uh, lose my... My green woodworking. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I may give that up really quickly. You don't need to tell anyone you did that. Nope. <laughs> It'll be our secret. I'll just take pictures right next to all the hand tools in a beautifully power carved seat. <laughs> See, exactly, exactly. So, so what what do you plan to use to carve that? You're going to. Hit it with the ads and then a score. I don't know. I got to see. I got to see what the wood's going to look like. It's yeah. It's, uh, the stuff I got is absolutely gorgeous. It's just beautifully curled and uh-huh. and uh, I got to glue up a blanket to uh, yeah. map it out. But if it's if it's just going to be really chippy, I may end up having to to do an awful lot of power. Yeah. There's no shame in that. Hmm? Yeah. Yeah. I just hate the dust. <laughs> <laughs> I hate the dust. Well, so what kind of classes do you have upcoming? So I've got most of the classes come up are the uh, bog-style ladderbacks. i got mm-hmm. some rockers. And then the uh, the intro classes, which are either a side chair or an armchair. Mm-hmm. So they're coming up. I've got pretty much one a month starting in June. Okay. And um, uh, we can come in, so they're yeah. pretty good. And now, Do you teach the, uh, the winter also? I do. I do. I don't have any set winter classes on the schedule right now. So a lot, of, a lot of my Windsor classes have been more one-on-ones. I've done some pretty big builds with some with a couple of people, built some settees with um, coming in and mm-hmm. things. So, can you, can you do a Windsor in that same week time period, or does it take more? Yeah, no, you you can do it. Okay. Yeah, you know, it's uh, the hard part's getting the bends to dry, you know. But uh, I've recently updated some drying space and kiln space, so I'll be able to get them dry in a day or two, and we'll be fine. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, listeners might be interested. I did bring my special mystery magical drill bits here. So. <laughs> Sexy bits. Sexy bits. Yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> the no blowout bits. The no blowout bits. So I will I will be giving those a little uh, demo hopefully tomorrow if I can find. Maybe I can go to Rikon and buy, borrow one of their. Uh, I was thinking you, I should, think just, Pete, you should just Pete bust into Peach and like, wood. Pete, stop, stop. This is a stool. People know about stools. I got a drill bits. Come on. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Pete's got some extra wood. Yeah. 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 That, that, you know what that still needs? A hole. <laughs> that way you can lift it up from That's the right. center. It's, it's, yeah. a, it's, it's a lift hole. It's a speed hole. It's um, my nickname in college. <laughs> now, you were, before we re- sat down and recorded, you were saying that you had um, investigated the drill bit company for... Uh, for yeah. more items, Kyle. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the drill bits, I think I mentioned before, are made by Star M Corporation, which is a Japanese manufacturer. And they're known in the States mainly for the Wood Owl uh, drill bits. And um, they have another drill bit because I was looking for just a nice brad point that didn't have um, – I have some brad points that uh, uh, one of Pete Galbert's, um, I guess, one of his interns – uh, started doing, which are these long spear point brad points, and those are those are fantastic when you're having a an angle on it on a uh, you need a real far angle, or you're drilling into a seat or something like that to really uh, be able to spin that bit up at an angle and before you plunge in, if that makes sense. Hopefully, I'm visualizing that correctly. But if you're just 
um, doing something, especially in a leg where you need like a one inch hole or one and a sixteenth inch hole uh, to uh, to insert a, a stretcher or something of that mm-hmm. nature, I find that that long point will sometimes poke out the other side. So I need some with a smaller point, and actually Star M makes something that's very similar to that. Um, unfortunately, I haven't found it. Ever, all their stuff is in metric, and the largest size I have found is about a 13 millimeter, which is a half inch. But I'm still investigating you that. You would need it in what, about a 5 eighths, 3 quarter? Yeah, 5 eighths generally, or probably about a 15 or 16 millimeter. Could um, you just... Um, no, they wouldn't work. Never mind. Yeah. Right. But I may uh, go ahead and invest in getting one and just see how it performs. So, so have you tried... Uh, Grinding the drill bits the way Pete describes in his book? I have not tried it since I bought some pre-ground. I haven't tried actually grinding my own, but um, that's something that, you know, I might investigate. I certainly have the grinders to do it. (laughs) Diami, when he was at, uh, um, came down for uh, the Texas Woodworking Festival, was able to give him a brief, like, dime tour of my shop. So he's seen my grinder set up. It's a lovely grinder set up. <laughs> I, it actually, it brings me back to what was probably the first woodworking in America we were at, yeah. where you were dead set on buying a slow-speed grinder the whole weekend. And I, I, to this day, I'm not, I don't think you actually did buy a no, slow-speed no, grinder, cause, did No, no, because uh, I got negative reviews on that one. And then Rikon came out with their 8-inch grinder, um, which you can find on sale, slow speed grinder. You can find on sale for about a hundred bucks, and that one's actually a very, very nice grinder. And uh, there's this company called um, uh, Wood Turning Wonders, I believe, and they make this actually uh, washer and nut set that helps, uh, that really helps make uh, the wheels more uh, run more true. So I recommend that. I mean, they're cheap; they're like nine dollars for this oh, okay. washer set. Yep. Yeah, are you familiar with those today? No, no. Yeah, I could use one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll I'll show you. See, uh, see, I'm one of these guys that sees the shiny object, and I go for the shiny object. And about one time out of ten, it actually pays off. <laughs> so, what finish are you using these days? Uh, I'm still on the Osmo. I'm still on the Osmo, but um, yeah, I haven't made any any radical switches there. David, what do you finish the chairs with? So, pretty much now is Osmo. I switched about three years ago. I was in Australia and was with uh, Bern Chanley for a little bit, and the first thing he showed me was, you got to use this finish. And um, I switched and started using it, and it's uh, pretty much on all my chairs. I, I still use some some oils, some, you know, tongue and mm-hmm. oil, linseed oils, like a water locks, or I'll mix my own. But pretty much 80, 90% of my chairs now yeah. will have Osmo on it. Yeah, when I was talking to Pete last year, he said that he's using Osmo on all his chairs except for natural finish chairs, and he's still using a... Uh, oil on oil on it. Yeah. Natural finishes in not painted. Yeah. As in painted, yeah. yeah. It goes beautifully over milk paint. Yeah. Yeah. You just got to wipe that stuff off almost immediately. I found anyway. Yeah, yeah. You're not yeah. letting it sit for half an hour. No, no, no. I'm letting it sit for five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not quite that bad, but uh, I'll do part of a chair and get it wiped down, do another yeah. part and get it wiped down. Yeah, it may have it may have to do with different uh, shop environments too. So yeah, but I found that if I leave it on for even more than a minute, it gets really really gummy and it's really hard to get off. Yeah, I'm leaving yeah. it on much longer than that. Yeah, but, you know, not not more than fifteen minutes though. Yeah. And you're doing um, 
You're doing milk paint underneath that on most yeah. of the chairs. Do you do you paint the um, the letterbacks or are they they're bare wood with a clear finish? Um, it's a combination. Most of them are are all bare wood. So, but uh, some of the older ones, and I'm doing a reproduction now of this this uh, 1850s one that's meant to for women to wear hoop skirts. So the arms don't actually come down into the front legs; they actually go back into some of the rungs. It's a pretty interesting chair, and okay. that's painted black. It's got four or five layers of black paint on it. Why so many? Huh? I think because it's so old, people just kept painting over the. Oh, okay, okay. The, <laughs> yeah. the original does. Okay. Yeah, the original does. Yeah. Now, some of the Brian Boggs chairs, they were black. Was that ebonized or was that actually painted? I've done, I've done a series of those, and they're, yeah. um, uh, I use milk paint. Just milk paint? You know, because okay. it's real thin, and it yeah. uh, will soak into the pores real nice, shows off the pore structure real nice, and uh, gives a really good hard finish and put osmo over top of it. Okay. All right, well, great. Well, with that... I think that just about wraps it up for the show, but uh, I want to give uh, folks an uh, opportunity to find out where they can uh, uh, find you on the interwebs, and especially, David, if they want to sign up for some classes. Yeah, well, on, on Instagram, I'm D-Dooyard Chairmaker. Mm-hmm. Spell Dooyard. D-D-O-U-Y-A-R-D Chairmaker. And okay. uh, my website's DavidDooyardChairmaker.com. Okay. And, and Brian, and where, do you, where do you post about tabletop gaming? or hoarding well all of the above Uh, Brian underscore C underscore Brazil no more underscores that's the that's the limit you're not doing any more underscores three no more than three underscores okay and Diami where can folks find you Uh, they can find me at Diami Plotsky on Twitter or at Penultimate Woodshop on Instagram or uh, Penultimate Beer on Untapped and you can always find me at Barton.Kyle on Instagram the only social media platform that matters. And if you want to learn more, you can check out modernwoodworkersassociation.com, and you can always tell a friend. Uh, that's the best way to spread the word about podcasts. So go out in your shop. Go give Matt uh, uh, Matt Hummel, Cummel, Cummel, it's Matt Cummel, a hug, <laughs> and, uh, and, and call it a night. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha